0: The Upland Nomads are brought to you by Couga Vest, a vest that provides serious protection for your dog. Fit and Fetch Outdoors, a CBD dog chew that is made to improve performance and decrease any unwanted stress on your dog's body. We are also brought to you by Mossy Oak Sport Dog, a line of products meant to keep your canine clean and clean smelling. Welcome to the Upland Nomads Podcast.
1: welcome back to another episode of the upland nomads podcast i am joined by myself for right now mike will be joining me here shortly um just want to thank everybody for joining in listening with us again want to talk a little bit before we get with our guest here just talk about our new patreon page said like we've talked about in the past couple episodes we uh start a patreon page you can Join if you want to, not saying you have to. Helps us with the podcast just a little bit. And then uh but anyway, that's all I want to talk about. Patreon for right now. We're gonna introduce our our guest for this week's episode, Tim, Tim Wageman of Tim Wageman Out Outdoor Upland Adventures. Um sorry, Pim. That's all right. <laughs> Tim, how are you doing today? Good. How about you? I'm not too bad and just st- we're just getting this a uh, nice uh storm of the year I guess so <laughs> getting
2: a little old a nice getting, warm up in the future though
1: yeah so, we're getting pounded right now so yeah <laughs> Uh which okay you guys aren't so
2: no not this time but, but, but we just did get pounded so it's finally starting to melt off too so
1: that's good As I' say hopefully it's supposed to be in the 60s mid fifties, possibly sixties next week. So it might go fast once it goes here. It'll go so, quick. So we haven't been quite this warm in a long time. So now going from uh twenties to maybe 30 to uh 50s and 60s, it's gonna go, I think. Right. All right, Tim, do you wanna give us a little bit of just a little bit who you are and where you're coming from right now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so I basically, I grew up in Minnesota, um, still live in Minnesota, down in Rosemount, I'm remodeling contractor. We do a lot of DAX additions, window stores, stuff like that. Um, basically been a hunter and an upland maniac since I can remember. Um, always used to spend a lot of time on my grandparents' farm when I was a kid, um, spent summers up there. If it wasn't a slingshot. It was a BB gun. If it wasn't a BB gun, it was a uh, 410 bolt action. Believe it or not, for my first shotgun, oh, and uh, shot my first girl with that gun.
1: You made sure you you had a good shot then, because you weren't getting a second one.
2: You you weren't getting a second one. No, <laughs> <laughs> not with that gun. You
1: weren't. You still have the 410 bolt action. That's the. I wish I did.
2: And and honestly, I can't even, I was trying to think of what the um, brand was of it even. Somewhere along the line, Mm -hmm. um, my dad passed away when I was 24. Um, He was the one that had it, and it wasn't there when when he passed away. So um, I have no idea what happened to that gun. Once I got my Mm -hmm. 12-gauge, I I didn't want anything to do with that that bolt action.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think that was probably most most of us. I started with a 410 as well of my dad finally let me take that. No, that was a side by side. I actually do have that one now. So nice. Yeah. It was uh it was a nice upgrade from uh the BB gun pellet gun that we had. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> shooting shooting gross went a lot easier. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh crap, I can get more than one. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I shot I shot a few birds, actually, with the uh, with the old Daisy Powerline 880 with the pellets. Yeah. I, I, I was able to get a few, but it was tough on a grouse. Yeah. And it was a ground pound, obviously, back in those days. So, Yeah, mine was, I think I shot my first one out of a tree, and it
1: fell out, but it was still alive. So I had to shoot it again. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then, Dad, finally, we had, because I used to live up by uh He's up in Roseau County, so basically up near the border, and we had eighty acres. And it my backyard you, you could see see rough girls walking underneath the evergreen trees in the backyard. It got kind of ridiculous. So that was my first on birds that we kinda grew up shooting. Not yeah. even really realizing what I was doing, because I think I was ten. 11, 12, I don't remember how old I was.
2: That's about when I was, when I shot my first grouse with the, with the bolt-action
1: 410. It's, I they're, but they're mighty good tasting. I remember my
2: mom making them, Yeah, oh yeah, a lot of good meals with my mom too. Um, When it it came to, when it came to rough grouse, she loved the rough grouse.
1: Yeah, they're, uh, honestly, they're probably my favorite game bird. I wouldn't say they're my favorite game bird to hunt, but they're probably the best tasting. Yeah, agreed. So, Tim, getting into your hunting background, what kind of got you started?
2: So basically, i I, I got into got into you know my hunting background is basically uh, my dad was supportive, but I was youngest so of seven kids, and he he wasn't really able to hunt as much because of health, you know, health issues at that point in time. But I spent a lot of time on my grandma's farm, and. Okay chasing ruffies and woodcock and squirrels and rabbits and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I got my start. And then I really got into whitetail hunting and was kind of a whitetail maniac for a long time. Um still would get out and hunt the ruffies, but you know didn't really I well I had I had a black lab for a while. Um but I always said Jake was a was a great house dog. Um not the best hunting dog. <laughs> So I, I would go out and find the grouse, shoot the grouse. He'd retrieve it. He'd come back. He'd get excited for about two minutes, and then he'd be behind me again. So that was <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was my experience with 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 Jake. But um, still love the dog. But yeah. That's so right. then, and then once I um, once I finally you know the kids were raised and everything, I I started I really wanted to get a short here. Um, so I, I got Shiloh. And that's where it, it. I I don't even whitetail hunt anymore as a result. All I do is upland hunt. Out.
1: Nice. Yeah. There you go. I'm on the same boat.
2: Yeah. It, it just, last year, I think I pulled my bow out one time. I think I hunted opening day. And then I sat with my daughter the day before rifle. Otherwise, that was really the only two times I hunted last year for whitetails. I just, you know, I can't look at the three dogs sitting at home and, and me out whitetail hunting. I would rather take them hunting. Not oh, just kind yeah. of where I'm
1: at, but so yeah. you said growing up you'd go to your grandparents' house and shoot a girl with some woodcock. Where uh where was she located then?
2: So they had a um a farm just outside of Detroit Lakes, a little town called Burgess. Um, Oh Um yeah. you know where that is? Yep, not
1: far from Frazee, I believe.
2: Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, still some birds up in the Frazee area. Around that Virgus area, not a whole, not a whole lot anymore. But there was back then. I, I saw a lot of birds back then. When I was nice, a, kid, so a lot of fun.
1: Is that the land that you have now? I don't know you mentioned it earlier.
2: So, if you know where Frazee is, um, I'm basically 15 miles north of there. a um, oh. town called Evergreen, not too far from there. Okay. Um, definitely, I got some rough grouse on there, but I'm always kind of keeping the food plots on there for deer and, and get my kids out there as much as I can for deer. So I don't really, I don't really upland hunt on there unless I see a grouse on ball hunting and, and, you know, then I shoot the grouse with the ball if that happens. But otherwise I, I don't go out there with the shotgun too much.
1: I'd say, uh, you got a little bit of a trek to get up there. Then we'll drive.
2: Yeah. About three and a half hours.
1: It's not so bad. It's all 94. Anyway.
2: It pretty much is. Yeah. Or 10, whichever one I decide to take. It goes fast. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I said. I know you mentioned you're up at Lake of the Woods last week. That's got to be that's a haul, I bet.
2: Yeah, that's about that's a little over six hours. Get up to Lake a, of the Woods.
1: Get half a that. day's drive.
2: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. We got into the fish. We we ate. We ate a limit, and we caught a limit. Brought a limit home. So that was. Uh, it wasn't too bad. Nothing big though. Not nothing in the slot.
1: You go with the guide or just you guys snowmobile and
2: no, we we ended up going out of Arneson's. Oh nice.
1: Yep. Nice. So getting we're getting a little sidetracked here, it's always happened. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, kind of going back, um you mentioned
2: short hairs. What kind of dogs do you all have? Tim. So I got I got three short hairs. Um Shiloh, she'll be six in August. Oliver's five and or he's going to be five in July and Ace will be two in June. Nice. Yeah. So Ace
1: was this his first year or like second
2: year? I hunted him a little bit his first year, um, not a whole lot. I got him out in the winter a little bit up in North Dakota before the season ended last year, but not a whole lot. A little bit of game farm here and there, and it was. But this year was his first year. I just kind of let him go have a year um you know he he wreaked havoc on the other two dogs a little bit and and it got better as the season went on um but but it was fun and you know he was retrieving birds and we're, i got him on the table now and uh he likes to take the birds for himself sometimes so we're uh <laughs> we're fixing that <laughs> Honestly, i've got to work for the same thing with
1: my new one he likes to uh He'll bring them to you, but he doesn't want to give them to you. So right, yeah, they're his birds. Yeah, right now they're yeah yeah that, and he just just picks them apart too. So oh, does he a little bit? Yeah, so I didn't have that problem with rigs. Rigs, I couldn't get him to retrieve. I can get him to retrieve everything else, but a bird, he would just <laughs> go to the down bird, and I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, like I know. Not all pointers are are retrievers. So I was like, well, as long as it gets the bird and we find it. Yep. like that's a big deal thing. But then we went to Riggs's first season. We went hunting southwest North Dakota. And I was with my cousin, and he had two labs at the time. And I think Riggs just got I don't know if he got pissed off or something, just like clicked with him and all of a sudden he was like, Nope, that's my bird. I'm gonna grab it. So yeah. what he's I, then he started retrieving for me. So I was like, geez. You know what right. I, I've
2: and, had the issue I've had the issues with Oliver. Um Shiloh's always been a steady retriever. You know, not always back to hand, but this year that kind of changed a little bit. I, I worked with her hard last year. She's really timid, kind of, you know, when it comes to training. You get her yeah. out in the field and she's just shot out of a cannon, right? But but if you do anything training-wise, she'll shut down on you. So I basically just worked hold with her uh, yeah. all last summer. And it it actually, by the end of the year, was paying off. I was getting a lot of birds carried back to hand. And then I, I kind of made a mistake with Oliver. One of the best retrieves I've ever seen a dog make was Oliver's retrieve on his first pheasant at a game farm. I shot a hand. I didn't have him collared yet. It was actually the first time he went out. He took off across the, an open field a, a good couple hundred yards into a tree line. And I, I couldn't get it back, right, because I didn't have a collar. So I started yeah. to walk over that way. And all of a sudden, here he comes back with that hand all the way back right to my hand. That was his first retrieve. so i i took the dogs home that night took the birds home and i was cleaning them at home and oliver jumped up onto the table snipped the birds and shiloh came from across the room those are her birds and nailed them and it has been the most unbelievable journey ever since to get him to retrieve just because of that one incident um i finally got him retrieving now Uh, it, it's, it's getting better. And I think, you know, if I work with them all summer, I think I'll finally have them where I want them to be. Um, and Ace is just an absolute natural as far as a retriever goes. So I don't think I'm going to have much for issues with him. I'm not having any issues with him right now, anyways. So it's working That's out good. Him.
1: Yeah. I'll say Riggs has always been, he's got a softer mouth to start off. And I'm sure Cash will we'll get it turned around. But. I wouldn't. I would say he's at a soft mouth too until he gets it back to me, and then he wants to keep it and he just crunches it. So, okay, that's all lot, sir. Riggs, <laughs> he, Riggs, he'll bring it. He'll he pretty much he'll fetch anything. Hard part is like if somebody shoots, like if I'm hunting with a group of people, when I sh- somebody else shoots one, then he takes off across the field to go grab that, bring it back to me. So I'm the one with the sore back because I got to carry everybody's damn birds. <laughs> I think I think last year I was hunting with a buddy and, it was like four or five of us, and we got we got into the birds and I shot my limit of roosters. Um, we shot close. We shot three sharpies and of course Briggs brought them all back to me. I shot one and my buddy shot two, but Briggs brought them all back to me and then. Couple of my buddies both shot roosters and he brought them all the way back to me across the field. I was like, Griggs, I was like, I can't carry anymore. I got I got five roosters and three sharpies in my vest right now. I'm weighed down when I got back to the pickup. I was like, you guys uh you guys go ahead right now. I'm gonna drop all these birds off. What it's good that the that the switch went off, though. Right? Yeah, it's good the switch went off sometimes. It's uh it's not so and everybody else is like, oh yeah, it's fine, you carry my birds, and it's like, you know, I don't really want to. (laughs) Right. Uh. So what do you uh you're from Minnesota? Tim, what are you all hunting? Everybody that's kinda watched your videos knows you're big pheasant hunter, but what else do you all hunt?
2: So I love hunting sharptails and obviously huns, they, they come with the pheasants sometimes. Um, but uh, uh, I, I I do my share of rough grouse and woodcock hunting too every year. Um, not as much as I used to, but uh, I, I don't know. The pheasants have kind of, they've been something that I just, I, I fell in love with and, and really love to chase. Um, but I gotta, I gotta say too, though, that the sharpies, the Sharpies have they've just they're so much fun to hunt. The mm-hmm. sharpies and the and i um, hunted prairie chickens this year in Minnesota, that was a blast. And I plan to uh actually go out and I and I think you might like this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and hunt chuckers this fall. So oh very yeah. right, right.
1: Where are you gonna hunt chuckers at? Oh, in Idaho. No. You're going to uh Snake River, Hells Canyon. Hells Canyon, yep. I guess we're kind of hot spot in spots but everybody kind of see, I think sees it. <laughs>
2: yeah it's a big area I think so,
1: yeah it's a big enough area yeah no that'll be fun it'll
2: be fun to watch your videos on that yeah I'm there looking forward to that I I can't wait to uh I can't wait to get out there um and I might actually go after the blues when I'm out there too um, the guy that I talked to out there said there's a lot of blues and roughies, too if I, you know if I want to get into some roughies, so but I, I definitely want to go after the Blues and, and some Quail as well. You got room for uh, two more passengers? I <laughs> mean, I'll pick you guys up on my way out.
1: <laughs> I, say, I don't think you'll have, to, you'll have to twist an arm about that one. No arm twisting?
2: I'll i no before I leave. No arm twisting as long as it's like towards the end of the year. <laughs> and that's what I'm planning, actually. Um, kind of want to go out there. I, I don't really... Uh, like snakes i don't know if you do but i i definitely don't so <laughs> no. i'm thinking about going out there in november that won't be so bad yeah
1: Say, november is when i like to do most of my pheasant hunting though
2: <laughs> yeah well so so there but so i'm actually what my plan is is to go to montana and go out yep. for a week okay and then a week out there
1: yeah, I don't know if I could take two weeks. I wish I could take two weeks off, but I don't think I can take two weeks off.
2: Yeah.
1: We'll see okay. how my side jobs.
2: Side jobs I do this summer. There you
1: go. <laughs> and all that sounds like it'd be a that'd be a hell of a trip. So kind of are you just gonna go by yourself or are you gonna go with anybody else?
2: So I I talked to a guy that um goes out there every year. So it's, it's kind of nice. I'm not just going to be going out there and, you know, throwing a dart at the board and, and, you know, having to go through, cause sometimes, you know, when you go to a new place, you you have to figure it out. Right. right. It'll be kind of nice that I got someone who's already hunted out there for a number of years and uh, I should, should be able to get on birds right away. Or at least that's the hope. Right. That's
1: the one drawback. It's a drawback but it's always the fun part of going someplace new and like, uh, Try to dissect new pieces and yeah. Figure out an action you need know, uh it's really rewarding when you you find those new pieces and you're like, oh I did all the work and produced and all the scouting worked out
2: exactly. Sometimes you you know it takes a little while to dial it in and then other times you go somewhere and it's instantaneous success. You just never know. But but just being there is is, is half
1: the fun. Right. 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 Just being there with the dogs.
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, so how, uh, kind of getting get long winded with this one, but, um, how, uh, how are you going to plan to like conserve the dog's energy? Are you going to hunt one, one at a time during the day or are you going to hunt all three or?
2: On that particular trip, I think I am going to do a little bit more one-on-one with them. Yeah. Uh, just to conserve some energy, and then at the end of the first week, probably take a day or two off, and then wow. obviously I'm going to have a travel day, um, just to try to get them some rest. That's that's what I've been kind of thinking about doing. Um, nice. And and I like and you you know if, if you watch the videos, you know I like to I like to hunt them all at the same time. That's kind of my goal. But this year, I do got to spend some one-on-one time with Ace and a little bit more with Oliver. But in the end, my goal is to have all three of them um, in the field majority of the time. Obviously, if I'm going to be gone somewhere for, you know, more than three, four days, I'm going to have to do some solo hunting with them just to to conserve on dog power. But that's that's kind of my goal. Nice.
1: So kind of getting back into, reeling back into Minnesota, North Dakota, um you'd mentioned prairie chickens you're the second guest so you've had on hunt that hunted prairie chickens in the last year
2: how was that that was an absolute blast um so in minnesota we have to put in for a lottery so it took me two years to actually get that tag um but but i had just an absolute blast out there uh, ran into a really nice old guy out there he he came up to me and, and I, I had gone out the day before, did a little bit of scouting, had a chicken fly right over the truck. So that was my, that's where I was going to start. And that just yep. pretty much solidified it. So I was there a good hour, hour and a half before, before you could even see, because I wasn't sure how many people would be out there and, you know, how crowded it was going to be with the number of tags that they gave out for the area. And then I had a guy pull up to me with about 45 minutes left um, before it was going to get light. And, and that was Jeff and, and he, he, uh, he asked me what he said, are you prairie chicken hunting? I said, absolutely. And I, I asked him to hunt with me in that spot. Cause that was normally his spot, but he said, no, I'll just hunt the other side of the road. And he ended up getting his two chickens right away. It took me quite a while. I, I did see chickens that first day, but I was also seeing just a ton of pheasants. So I, uh, you know, you, are kicking up hen, hen pheasants and then you're looking over to like that one time it was off to my right. And I had to do a double take on it, and that ended up being a chicken, and I did take a shot at that, but um it was it was a little too far. <laughs> but uh it, it just just learning kind of what they're they're kind of like a sharpie in a way. They yeah. like the shorter grass, you know they call them the tall grass prairie bird, but they definitely like their short grass that that's that's where I found them anyway. nice mm-hmm.
1: so at least you got a, got a few thousand spots too.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. There was actually a ton of birds up in that area. Well, not a ton, but there was, there's always birds in that area. It's not the the greatest area in the world, Um, but there's definitely birds there. There's a huntable population for sure. But you're getting to the end of that, basically to the end of their range up there, right? The northern end.
1: say, how far a drive do you have to go up there?
2: That's about, it's about the same, about three and a half, four hours or so. Oh, yeah. It's not too far.
1: That's not so bad. So Tim, where do you all? uh, Where have you all traveled to hunt at?
2: Um. So I've been in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana. Um, That's and Wisconsin. That is pretty much pretty much it, I guess. Um, I haven't been in Nebraska for a couple years. Uh, I was listening to the report this year, and with the drought. It was, there was a lot of negative, a lot of negative reports coming out about pheasants. No one was seeing pheasants. The birds were, were down pretty bad down there, I guess. So I decided against going there. Yeah. I say, how, Do you just go there for pheasants or quail or? I actually went there for pheasants and uh, I went there for a uh, September 1st opener for Sharpies one year too, uh, 2020 actually. Dang. No, like the Sandhills area, or yep, in the Sandhills. You know, how's that? Yeah, I've heard that. I wanted uh, to get a prairie chicken because I hadn't shot a prairie chicken yet, and yeah. I actually seen one. Easiest shot I had the whole time I was down there. wide, of course, and I, I, yep. admit, I flailed on it three times. <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, it's always the easy ones that uh,
1: give you the most uh, the most problems.
2: Yeah,
1: but there should there should be there should be easy ones that. Uh, they give you the most problems. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, us <laughs> say some days it goes good and you don't waste any shells. And some days you're like, what the hell am I doing out here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> these, these boss shot shells ain't going to pick for themselves.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we all have those days, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. So I imagine Wisconsin, you're rough grouse hunting? Yep, rough grouse and woodcock.
2: Iowa, have you been down there recently? or? I didn't go down there. The last time I was down there in Iowa was 2020. There was a lot of birds. And from what I've heard the last two years, there's been a lot of birds too. Guys have had a lot of success down there. Um, Bird numbers have really come back. But southwest Minnesota has been pretty good too, but not a whole lot of elbow room down there, as you well know.
1: No, there isn't a lot of elbow room down there, especially uh, opening weekend and... The second opening, uh, right after uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to buy my license for <laughs> to hunt down there for two days. So,
2: yeah,
1: I'm going to put my license by my $120 to use some other state, I
2: think. Well, I don't, I don't blame you. When do you go down there? Thanksgiving. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So that's
1: nice. it. It's tough to... It's tough to give up my days in North Dakota and then to go down there and you can be some of the best pheasant hunting, I'd say probably best pheasant hunting areas in the United States
2: mm-hmm.
1: for, for wild pheasants and you not see anybody all day and then you go down there and you're on this one piece and you've you got to deal with four other groups on a section. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and a friend of mine, I think it might've been 2020. We went down there uh, to Southwest Minnesota, basically to, uh, were you doing that to me? <laughs> no, I was to, I saw oh. Michael's back. I saw Michael's on now. So. Okay. Okay. So we, me and Brent actually went down to a friend of mine named Brent went down to Southwest Minnesota a couple years ago and we were going to spend three days down there and we, you could hardly get on a piece. There were so many people down there. It was, it was, uh, it, it was tough to to get on something that somebody else wasn't already on. And then I wasn't going to do that, so right. we ended, we opted to head over to South Dakota.
1: Ended up going to South Dakota instead. You didn't want to just pull up 200 yards away from other somebody else's pickup and pop out.
2: I don't know how people do that, Wyatt. I really don't. I no. <laughs> I, I don't do that. If I see somebody hunting a piece. I just move on, find another person right. and leave them alone. You know,
1: right? Yeah, that's that same here too. Was like, I was like, as like, for one, there's you know, there's usually a few more pieces around. It's like, yeah, if you go to your first spot that you want to go to, it kind of sucks, but it's all about finding new spots. You might find that next spot's just a a little bit better than the the spots you're gonna go to. Yeah. yeah, I had that happen this year. I got in one spot. I was like, ah, crap! I man. If one of my favorite Sharpie spots isn't access to hunt, well, all went to the next spots and we ended up shooting three Sharpies. So we got our limit. And I was like, oh, granted, the next time we went back there, we didn't see anything, but.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Still fun though. Yeah. The second right. trip to North Dakota for me this year, uh, I just, I wanted to hit a bunch of new spots. You know, I kind of just wanted to expand the area and it was definitely hit or miss, you know, we, we, we saw a lot of birds in some spots, and other spots not so many. But it was just great to be out there. We still got plenty of birds. Um, right. But that's that's half the fun. Seeing what's over that next hill, see what the next what the next piece has to offer. Right. You know, um, I say when you're out there, uh you're just camping by yourself. Yep, usually just by myself. Okay.
1: And I know you have the one your buddy, Mick, that's people that watch your show that's the one guy you hunt with that's on the show anyway that we see. Yep. Um, does he stay with you too, or does he just. Uh...
2: He has, he's, he's camped with me before. Um. He usually, he's, he kind of likes to hunt by himself a lot, you know, Um. even yeah. when we do go places together, we we split up an awful lot. He's got a lab and I got short hairs and they hunt a little different. Right. It, it's right. fun though, when we do end up, getting points and the lab goes in, gets the bird. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's, it just seems like he, he likes to hunt by himself a lot. So, but, but, um, yeah, so he, and I usually probably only get him out maybe once or twice a year with me. Okay. He ended up going to Montana too. And he ended up leaving. Well, the day, the day that I broke camp because we weren't seeing any birds, and ended up going basically east of where we were and yeah. we finally got into birds. He ended up going home on that trip, but it was you guys. Were you guys out there on opener?
1: Uh, two days after opener, I had, I had my cousin's wedding in Fargo on the fr- Friday, it was the third, I
2: think. And we and left was brutal, wasn't it? Just brutal hot. If you got.
1: If you got two hot. and a
2: half hours in in the morning, that was about all you're going to get,
1: right? I think the first morning, like it was the earliest we ever hunted. Like we drove, so we drove from Fargo to Bismarck, picked up Michael, and then we we trekked to where we were going. And we got there at like four thirty, Michael, I think.
0: Yeah, it was pretty uh early in the morning or late at night, depending on how you look at it. Uh, say so, uh
1: then we had a nice farmer checking on us at about five o'clock and we are like, well, we might as well just wake up now <laughs> <laughs> we, we parked right next to the box on the on the one uh walk-in area and we just filled out filled up or filled out right away and we ran a lot of pheasants in on that one We didn't couple huns, but mostly a lot of pheasants.
2: Yeah, I saw a lot of pheasants too. Any, like any porkies? Do you guys get any, any, any porcupines? Nope, no porcupines. Yeah. Okay. That's no good. porcupines, no snakes. So Yeah, no snakes is good. <laughs> yeah. um, I did get into that one porky. Um, Oliver got it on his chin a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Shiloh seems to have learned she didn't have any on her, and then Ace had just one sticking out of the side of his face. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, I it, it, yeah. Because I've had it happen before where I've had Shiloh at the vet because it was so bad with Dang. the bark, barkies, So
1: Yeah, that's not fun. But yeah, that was, we kind of had like a, a little bit of a learning curve that, for because we've never been in Montana before, but we've hunted Sharpies before. We uh, we got into one really good spot. We got a bunch of homes. It was probably like 11, 11 Coveys we got, Michael. Yeah, Eleven a bit, we, and
0: we only walked that first day. We only walked a, half of it, too. Yeah, it was one like not. It was like twenty acres or something like that. We
1: walked, yeah, oh, forty okay. acres or something like that. Eleven coveys. We shot. I think we shot nine, which is only one limit out there. But I was like, "Geez, that's a that's a really good day in <laughs> North Dakota." Like it's extremely good day. Yeah, and then we ended up we ended up going back and setting up camp and that and we like we drove around for the afternoon and just because we it was ninety degrees outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we ended up getting some Sharpies in the evening hunt and a few more hunts. And then next day we didn't super good. So did you, guys, and,
2: did you guys camp on BLM then?
1: No, we just camped in a campground in town. So Okay. Yeah, we got a pretty good we, spot, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. S- sat out. We didn't have a fire just because we. T- I don't think we were supposed to have fires. So they were in a drill.
2: So yeah, we just I don't sat know around. Why you'd want to have a fire? It it was so <laughs> bad. I I, I literally right. sat in the truck all day and went scouting and stayed in the AC. It was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah, I say that's that's the only.
1: If you got your burgers right away, that was nice. But yeah, if you didn't, you're
2: gonna be suffering or you're just going to be sitting on the truck the
1: rest of the day so
2: all right. yeah that one morning i had the four by i want to say eight or eight thirty it was it happened pretty quick that, that well that was nice i i hunted a little bit longer but then it just got so hot there's you know that you, you just couldn't oh sorry guys i got i got shiloh here but i it, it just ended up getting to be just too too much too hot i didn't want to have the dogs out in it
1: yeah, it was it was definitely the hottest I've ever hunted. I thought like 70s, possibly 80 was bad, but that was bad.
2: That was bad. Yeah.
1: Well, and then like, well, this year we're taking the the fish house out there, so we'll have a says like we'll have a place to go back to. And some AC. Yeah.
0: The shade was nice by those trees that we actually ended up sitting by camp, but I think somewhere with AC is gonna be pretty nice as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even where I had the tent set up, I had it set up set up in the shade of the trees too. And but you couldn't be in it during the day. Oh, we really, just,
1: yeah. We just stayed in the pickup. It was but, like a salmon like, in there.
2: It was, yes.
1: And like the one day we just we shot our limit of sharpies, and we're like, well, might as well just drive around and see if we can find some huns and see if we can knock off a few more, but. Yeah. that day that day we shot what we shot our limit and then we shot almost two limits of partridge like it was it was pretty good it was a really good day like did you guys th- end up going after
2: sage or no no we didn't go that far west okay but I, I did end up missing one sage Grouse the only one that I've seen but uh <laughs> but but where we started it was literally it was so dry it was so bad out there there just wasn't any birds so packed um, up and moved but yeah that's a, yeah we
1: we got to the birds we got in the birds like heavy without Montana it was
2: a lot of fun yeah well now this year um when I go out there I feel pretty confident I'll be in the birds right away um I definitely found them the second part of that trip so that was nice tons too
1: that's what we're hoping for too
2: yeah but I'd like but- to I'd like to try a little bit harder for a sage this time, though. Too, I might put two or three days into trying to get a sage. So I nice. never shot one of them either.
1: so we talked about doing that too. We're only planning, like We usually just go out there for Labor Day weekend and then come home. All right. So getting into YouTube, what got you started with YouTube?
2: So basically, what got me started with YouTube is I'll, I'll go back to the fact that I lost my dad at twenty-four. And I never really had a lot of videos of my dad, you know, nothing to really look back on. Yep. And I, I I thought, you know, something like that I could leave for my kids, my kids, my grandkids could go on YouTube because YouTube's supposed to be forever, right? So right. a place that they can go to see their dad, their grandpa, great grandpa. Um that, that that was kind of my motivation. That it's twofold. And the and the other reason is because you know, these dogs they're they're only gonna live so long. And when they're gone, I can go back on YouTube and I can hunt with them again, you know, when, when, when they are gone. And, and that, and that was a big part of my motivation as well. And, and I just figured if people like the videos and and it gives them something to watch before season and, you know, when they get something out of it, I thought, great. If not, they'll be there for me in the end and and, and for my kids. And that, that was basically my motivation for, for, for doing it. And of course, Back before I started doing it, I was watching, like, Saban Adams. I, I used to like watching Saban oh, Adams. yeah. The Bird Tales guy. What's that? The Birdtails guy. Yep, the Birdtails guy. He um, must not be doing it anymore. I'm, I didn't see a whole lot from him this year, just a little bit. Uh, you know, early in the year, he, he put out a couple of real quick videos, you know, so... Yeah, I saw
1: that. I was like, cause his videos were always actually pretty good, and they're more so shorts, so I guess. They weren't always... Super long. Then I, right. I think he started doing it like almost every hunt, and then it was kind of like uh weekly.
2: Yeah, he he always said too that you know, because like a big part of it, <laughs> like the videoing, it it's yeah. uh I think you really gotta like it in, in order to you gotta like the editing and, and, and the whole process of it. I, I kind of look at it as uh, the video camera for me is as important as my gun and my dog.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and, and when you start to edit the videos, what you'll find out is if you want to edit in 4K, well, now you're going to end up, you know, you need a, a computer with a lot of memory, some decent storage, an external hard drive. Because um, you'll literally only do, like if you, like I, I do all my editing through iMovie. Yeah. And, I, and in doing that, even though I have a, a 32 Gigs of memory, it, and it, 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 I can maybe do a video and a half, maybe two videos, and I have to put them on the external hard drive, otherwise, it'd take up all the storage. So yeah. it actually got costly a little bit for me there. Um, it was, it was definitely a learning curve, but, but I, I do really enjoy putting them together. It's a lot of fun.
1: Nice. Well, we enjoy watching them, so. I say obviously, obviously you have a few people. You got almost a thousand subscribers, so
2: it seems like a few people like it, which is good.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's um, we just need to get you more on Instagram. And I think you'll have some more people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's all right. You. I say I, you already got, you already got a name for yourself out there. So,
2: I yeah, I just, just actually just put up that Instagram account not too long ago. So, um, looking to start posting more on that.
1: Well, I was uh. I was like, "Gosh, I wonder if he has an Instagram page." Because when I saw you out in South Dakota, I was like, "I was like, I'm pretty positive that's his truck from his videos."
2: Yeah, was it's like, funny oh. when you guys were going by, um, I think I told you that yesterday, um, Mike. All three of my dogs were on point when you guys went by. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> actually,
2: on a hand, and we ended up getting on a hand as you guys are going by. I was like, I didn't. I actually didn't even want to go out and kick the bird because I didn't want you guys to see it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but what did you know what did you know we
1: we were on our way to the next spot? So
2: it's funny because you guys were literally parked, right? Where you know in that episode where Mick ended up calling nine one one to yeah. get out of that cattail slew. It was the exact cattail slew you guys walked. Only around on the west side of it where all that yeah. snow was blown in the cattails over there. Did you yeah, guys see my, that?
1: Yeah, my one buddy tried to go go across there. And he was—he had snowshoes on, and he was like, "No, no, I'm not doing it." So,
2: <laughs> yeah, we end up—we
1: all just ended up letting the dogs kind of work the cattails, and it worked out. So,
2: yeah, and I we just you walked, walked along. The... You
1: just—you had just left Michael, and it was oh, just—it okay. us it was us three, uh, on that Sunday morning. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, we because I we are on the north side of that property, and it's a lot. I thought that property must go like six miles up or something like that. But
2: yeah, I think it's like six miles,
1: and then. Uh, but we, I was like, we didn't. I didn't realize so realize was a truck there until we got in the pickups so and we're kind of going. The next spot because we were going to walk where Tim was at, but then we're like, "Oh, there's a pickup there." So like, well, let's just try this other spot. We haven't been there yet, so.
2: And you guys had walked that piece I walked on the day before,
1: you said? Yep. yep. Okay. I think we got five or six. Michael should have had a few more.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I usually miss, so.
1: That's all right. It happens. That's all right. Mitch, Mitch should have had a few more, too, so.
2: Nick should have had a few more, yeah. <laughs> our, our, our Mitch should have Oh, your
0: <laughs> Mitch? Okay. Yeah. Well, he was yeah, over yeah. there belly rolling across snowdrifts to try to get these birds.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because I was like, well, I didn't really, I just told him, I was like, if somebody wants to go, I said there was birds running across the the creek or the slough or whatever. And he was like, well, I'll just walk over there. So I didn't actually think he was actually going to go over there, but he did. And he, he had quite a bit of shooting. But yeah, only one bird to
2: show. Yeah, I was I was actually kind of shocked you know Mick that 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 did kind of surprise me a little bit because he's just always been so hardcore and he he's always said before in the past you know oh, I'll swim out of the snowdrifts if I have to you know because he's gonna go no matter what and yeah. but he did make the right call uh, he I don't know what he had on for for uh for for clothes that night but but he had like a these bibs. And they were soaking wet, you guys. And they had to weigh like 40 pounds. I was like, you made the right call because the temperature was dropping. He wasn't sure whether he was going to get out or not. And it was amazing because you know where that was. They were literally on him 15, 20 minutes, they were on him and had him in the back of an ambulance and treating him for mild hypothermia. Please. Happened that quick.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But getting in the back in the youtube before we get off topic again uh what is your uh like biggest hurdles you face trying to record videos
2: um it used to be that you know you, you try to time things i don't try to time anything anymore i just i i've got a lot of extra batteries now because i don't want to try to time it because you miss birds a lot of times yep. so that was one thing that used to be an issue. Um, now it's kind of, you, you know, how the the GoPro, when you put it on your head, it's basically, it's off to the, to the, to your left side, right? A little bit. It's not in the center so much, Yep. you gotta kind of move that over a little bit. Otherwise, like for me being left-handed, a bird that goes left to right, will fly out of the frame on me.
0: So I've okay. had that
2: for an issue. Um, and actually. It did put some of that footage out this year but it's kind of a bummer when you can't see the you know actually see the shot you it just just flies out of out of frame um yeah. the shot so i've been kind of dealing with that a little bit um otherwise i i i, it, I don't really have too much for problems with it anymore I've, I've i've kind of uh um it it goes fairly smooth now to be nice. honest
1: with you. yeah and then uh kind of getting into your equipment issue like not issues sorry equipment what are you all uh, how many batteries
2: and like that do you carry like what, what gopro are you running and... so i got i actually got well i've got several gopros but the ones i've been running is a 10 and 11 i did get an 11 this year okay. and then i usually i usually have six batteries in my pocket um besides the one that's in the gopros when i go out because you know how i just long? never know how long i'm going to be out
1: yeah how long does a battery typically last
2: if you're recording you know it's kind of I I I got those uh oh what are they called they're the white ones they're supposed to be really good in the cold and the heat um they're better in the cold and the heat those were lasting me upwards of 45 minutes to an hour I would say that's good some decent time out of them I thought yeah I say uh
1: how, like, I don't know there's quite a few options like um I was listening to somebody i think it was the Bird Shop podcast and I was listening to they were talking a little bit about recording and there was like this one option on the goPro which I used and I didn't rec- i need to get i want to get into recording hunts and I have a i have a Gopro 10. okay and there was like one option where it was like you record the whole time but when you hit record, it goes back like 30 seconds and it records that from like where you hit like record or hit the power button. Record it actually button. goes
2: back 30 seconds? Yep. Okay.
0: So is it almost like in like a sleeper mode type thing? And then when you hit record, it's actually like, all right, I'm going to save this last 30 yeah, seconds. But, yeah, this? I'm
1: going to save this last last 30 seconds and then i was like well because that would be nice i mean because granted between the time as long as you remember to hit it after you like shoot i was like 30 seconds you'll at least get the dog on point and the shot i imagine yeah. i think How you could set it to 15 or 30.
2: okay i'm gonna have to look for that i get i didn't even know that there's there's things with those gopros that i still don't even know to be totally honest with you i i but i like that stabilization mode that's huge you got that in that 10
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, so going back to the batteries a little bit too do you have to try to time that out or does the gopro kind of beep to warn you when it's kind of getting low on battery
2: yeah it'll it'll beep and warn you that that it's going to shut off and you usually got about well about four or five seconds i suppose and then it shuts off after it beeps at you
0: I was wondering because it'd be tough to try to think about that too. I'm trying to time it like, all right, they last about forty-five minutes, so I start now.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I and I've been so so into making sure that I get the birds on camera. There's been times when you'll be in the heat of the moment. I'll get a bird, I've got it on camera, and all of a sudden, then it beeps at me, and so I'm waiting. You know, I'm going to get the retrieve, and it beeps at me and dies, and I got to take it out, put another one in there, and I've had birds, you know, get up. In in that instance, and then you don't end up getting the bird because you're so into getting the camera back on. <laughs> but it, it's uh, so that that doesn't happen all the time. But that has happened a few times, believe it or not. You, you know, you walk for you can walk for forty five minutes and see no birds, right? Yeah, and, and, and then that'll happen. So
0: dang. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you ever thought about getting a,
2: a shot cam for your shotgun? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of would like to get one of those. I, I see the footage that other guys are doing, and, you know, they're like they they're holding their gun on that bird as it's coming down. It's pretty cool footage.
0: Yeah. And I think I saw that, I think. Oh, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, I think I saw on Instagram a lot the uh, the Fleshman Dustin. Yep. I think they post a lot on their reels of their shot cam. I'm like, that'd be kind of cool to see, too. But like you said, you yeah. shoot it, you get kind of see the after, you know, following it down kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about them. How do they turn on?
0: I honestly have no idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, because because I, I, everything happens in the heat of the moment, right? I mean, your gun yeah. comes up shooting a bird. I, I'm just curious how that comes on. I wonder if it's the movement, the quick I movement. Wonder.
0: Movement, or maybe it's kind of like a, it's almost like that thing, like uh, Wyatt was talking about where maybe it's kind of always recording, and then once you shoot, you hit it, and it records the last 30 seconds or something like that, so you can kind of get oh, yeah. that shot. I don't know. Yeah. all right. right. I had to do some investigating because it was bothering me what it was called.
1: It's called the hindsight.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, you put it in hindsight, and it says you can get fifteen to thirty seconds. You can go back fifteen. 15- It'll start recording back fifteen to thirty seconds of where once you hit the record button.
2: So then it it must be, it's got to be recording then. Basically, it's recording. It's recording.
1: It's recording the whole time, but it only saves. Thirty seconds. The last thirty seconds. Once you hit that button, okay. To your to your SD card. So, oh, it's kind of saving that much
2: before in there. I just wasn't really too sure what it was.
1: He's like this feature. It just has this feature ensures you won't miss a moment of action. You want to care while saving SD card space, which is kind of nice because when you're hunting, you could rack up a lot of freaking SD card space. I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, that's another thing that I do too. Um, kind of giving away all the secrets, I guess, but that's okay. Um, I know a lot of guys like to like to video their own hunts. Um, but what I do a lot of times when I get, like, if I walk for three, four hours in the morning and I got a whole bunch of footage, um, every time I get a bird or every time I have a a retrieve or whatever it is that I want to save, um, I'll flag it. Yep. So you can flag each clip that you, that, that you want to save. And then when I get back out to the truck, I'll go through my video content and delete it. So that I so that I don't have the SD card so full if that makes sense
1: yeah but. um when you're when you're doing all this like you're going out on you say week-long excursions like North Dakota or South Dakota are you bringing your laptop with you and doing editing like at the hotel or the campsite
2: I don't do that now um but I have thought about doing that. Uh, because once I get back home, i kinda i I need to work, right and right. so i I end up wanting to get that video out, so I end up putting a lot of time into that video. so I have thought about bringing it with and kind of doing some editing while you know at night while I'm on those trips i I am gonna start doing that more, but i I haven't been though
1: no. no. how's your like feedback from your videos as far as. Like, uh, listeners like comments and stuff, just like video or just uh, viewer, yeah. I say, yeah, listener
2: comments. So, viewer feedback is actually pretty good. Um, it's funny because I talk to JC, the uh, Lucas from JCW a lot. We kind of bounce yeah. things off each other, and and uh, we kind of look for those guys that are the keyboard warriors. And if they if they, if they hit him, you know, so you know, we just kind of look out for each other that way, and uh, yeah. It, it, it's funny, though, you can get 50 really good comments, but you get that one guy that wants to tell you how you should do it and, and that you're doing everything wrong is the one that you chew on. You know what I mean? You 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 don't. And and I I've actually talked to Tara about that a lot. And she's like, you know, you get a lot of really nice comments. A lot of people, you know, have a lot of nice things to say. Um, I had one guy like um, I, I probably won't, shouldn't say his name, but um, he actually commented at the at the end of the year, uh, how much he loves my videos. He can't hunt anymore. So yep. he said, it's really nice that I'm, I'm able to get out in the field, basically through your videos. And he said how much you liked the videos. It's, I, I, it's, it's nice to hear that. And then, and then you get those guys every once in a while that <laughs> it, the dog work, I, I'm a work in progress. You know, we, we've kind of yeah. talked about that and, not everybody's a to trainer, right? It doesn't mean that I'm not trying. It doesn't mean that everybody's not trying. I get a lot of really nice dog work, and I get some dog work that isn't perfect. And I shoot birds, maybe that a lot of other guys might not shoot or wouldn't shoot. Teach their own, right? Don't don't right. don't you think? I mean, uh, as I, I I don't know, I I just I I think that I think we're all different and and we're all learning and and some of us are just better than others at a finished dog i guess so right. so. yeah
1: and then some dogs are just better at just being a finished dog too some people's dogs just have it they don't take a lot of uh well
2: well you know tyler webster said he always says that he puts more time into his dogs just by putting them on birds Great. right and, and I mean, you
1: can't you can't you can't uh, replicate the training that you get from wild birds compared. I know a lot of people that do go to game farms and that. There's nothing wrong with game farmers. It's still helping the dogs. But those uh, those wild roosters will run circles around a young pup or smart wild yeah. rooster. will make yeah. a young dog look silly some days. So.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. It's funny because <laughs> I'll train. This year I'm going to train. I'm actually already training really hard with all three of them. I want them to be in a little bit better place to start the season this year. Um, Last year, the way they started the season, (laughs) as, as it, as it went on, they got better, right? Because the more, more wild birds that they've seen, the more bird contacts they had, they, they just kept getting better and better. Um, My, my only issue that I really had was, was young Ace. He would come in and he would blow up sometimes a really good point and back from Shiloh and Oliver, but I just put up with it because it was his first year, you know, let him have fun. So I, I let him have fun. And then now I'll, now I'll work on steadiness a little bit more with them. And like, I already have been and, and, and work his retrieve. So.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's, that's all you can ask for, just to keep working on the dogs. And I was like, they, they have it. In them. I mean, I don't know, I've made mistakes with my first dog too. So it, and then all of a sudden it just clicked and he's been really good since. And then Cash, Cash, I mean, it was, Cash was four months old when I took him out to Montana. So did he have his bright spots? Yeah, he has, I think it, there was 12 birds we shot over him on the year. So all of them were pointed. We tried, tried not to shoot any birds that weren't pointed, which is a really hard thing to do.
2: I hear that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I say, because that was the first mistake I made with Riggs. I know I, uh I say, I shot birds. I know, but now he still points. I made mistakes. Anybody points pretty much everything now. And if he doesn't, I don't shoot it because he knows better. Yeah. but the,
2: What you end up working through too, like if you when you start hunting those two together and you probably already have, yep. it's that competition thing, right?
1: Right. But cat Ka- I've noticed Cash has been like a natural backer. Good. So if Riggs goes on point, he uh he kind of honors, but if Cash goes on point, Riggs starts to creep in. So we kinda gotta work on that a little bit together. But that's just partly not hunting them together a whole lot.
2: Yeah.
1: But the cash kind of just uh he likes to follow rigs, so most of the time they're probably on the same bird. So usually he's just backing rigs, but just trying to get cash, just to have the confidence in himself, which we kind of, I kind of saw at the end of the year, which was nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hunting the dogs like Shiloh by herself, super steady. Oliver yeah. by himself, <laughs> very steady. You get the two together if it's Shiloh's point. Kind of like you just said, Oliver's back is pretty solid. Um, the other way around, and Shiloh wants to creep in. So I, I, I'm still working on that. With her.
1: Yeah. All right. We We'll get into. You were at. You attended Pheasant Fest this. Past year, right?
2: Yep. What
1: was that like? Were you there all three days? Just one I was, day? Only, I
2: was only able just to go Saturday, and I had limited time. Um, okay. I was only there for a few hours. It, it was it was it was definitely busy. It, it uh, probably I didn't really get to talk to a whole lot of people because everybody was so busy and I had limited time. Like there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to see. Yeah, I did end up getting over to the final rise fest and looked at that, but everybody was so busy there was no one really to talk to. But I just really wanted to put my hands on it, and yep. then I ended up getting that vest I, I know you had you had talked about the hunt ready too so you gave me something to chew on for a little while there but I I did end up going with the final rise I did end up getting that vest and I, I love it
1: i say I don't like I do can go wrong with either I say I have both now that I have uh I have a hunt ready as like my more of my like, during the season vest and then I bought the sidekick as a uh the training vest, and then something to have just like a lightweight vest when you're in Montana. And it's 90 degrees, and you want something pretty minimalistic. You don't want something on your back the whole day,
2: right? And I ended so, up in those those side those side pouches, and then the back pouch too um, uh, for for those long hikes. You know, I, there's a lot of a lot of gear that can can be stored in that bag. It's it's definitely a nice bag.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are nice bags. I say you buy once, you cry once. So
2: Right. It definitely did that.
1: I don't <laughs> think I don't think they're gonna like I don't think my hunt ready or my final Rise is gonna be uh in bad shape anytime soon. I say I hunted the full season with the hunt ready from September first or September third to end of January, and honestly you can't really tell that it's it had that many birds in it, so yeah, say so it's held up in a nice condition. So, and I didn't I haven't cleaned it yet. So I just cleaned the feathers out, <laughs> back, Vacuumed vacuum <laughs> the feathers out, and all the other crap. But I haven't washed it, so there's still blood stain on the back. There you go. Yeah, i to gotta, gotta keep a little bit of a memory of the hunts from this year. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and pick out any new guns on that pheasant fest. What's that? Any new guns at Pheasant
2: Fest that you picked out or eyed up? No, nothing that I really eyed up. Uh, basically, I I think the only thing as far as a gun is concerned at this point that I, I'd really like to get is an over and under. I don't currently have an over and under and never have had one. Um, but I've been looking at CZ, uh, also the uh, the Upland Gun Company, and, and yep. Benelli. Benelli makes some nice ones too. Um, but I know I'm going to end up spending a little bit of money when I get to that point, but yeah, uh, but I yeah, but so I definitely I, have been looking, and I'm going to continue to look until I find the one that I like. Where do you go? Uh, I know you shoot 12 gauge. Yeah, I
1: mean, do you shoot? uh what do you look at getting a sub gauge, like a 20, or? Yeah, I was thinking
2: about getting a 20. Yeah,
1: nice. So that's what I switched over to this year. CZ, and honestly, I used it pretty much all year, besides the one weekend I. I dumped my twenty gauge in a snowbank, so I pulled my twelve gauge back out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I like, think. Well, I, I have the shells in the pocket, so I am as to just use my twelve gauge after I clean my twenty. But Yeah. And, and did you did you like the twenty then? Oh yeah. I mean I when I shot I shot uh shot it all through January too on January roosters and I never I never went away from five shot boss. So yep, that's what I shoot the five shot boss. Uh, I'd say the se- one the second time I got an order because I just put in some like individual box orders. It was uh three inch fives, but I figured that was fine mm-hmm. because it was gonna be used on some late season roosters, so that's kind of yep. what I but yeah, they, they hit hard. I like the boss.
2: Yeah, the, the two and three quarter inch shorties, number five, since I went to those, they hit, man, did they hit hard. Um, and I could say it at this point, uh, because it, because the season's over last year, I never lost a bird last year. <laughs> and that was, and then I owe a lot of that to the dogs, right? I mean, right. The, a lot of that was because of the dogs, but that, that shell just, it hit so hard, yeah, in, in my opinion. Um, I'm never switching back to federal. I couldn't get federal anymore. Wait, yeah, twenty twenty, right? So I switched to Boss, and I'm, I'm not going back.
1: The hard part is, well, that's what I I still have in my twelve gauge. I still have Prairie Storm, which don't get me wrong, is a great shell, great shell, great shell. But right now, for the money, though, I think they're almost like the same price. Grand Boss, you're getting twenty shells instead of twenty five, but mm-hmm. and now with with bismuth, you can't get any cheaper bismuth than Boss, please don't raise your prices. (laughs) Right, (laughs) Uh, because because federal came out with bismuth, and I think they're charging over fifty dollars a box. Kent's got bismuth, and that's like sixty dollars a box. Yeah. Um, someone else came out with Bioki came out with bismuth, and that's like twenty dollars for ten. So, yeah,
2: I had a few issues. I had two, two cases. I'm almost done with my second case. And I did have a few like light fires. I had two different light fires Hmm. and I ended up with, uh, probably four or five misfires out of those two cases that I was a little disappointed in. I did talk to the guys at Boston and they kind of, they, they basically said there's a spring out there. I I got to call, um, my gunsmith about that. And they say to, to change out the spring and the Benelli, that vanelli okay. users are having issues that way. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go that route and, and do that and see if that, that takes care of that problem. So I
1: guess I shot most all of mine out of, uh, well, I did buy a case of 12 gauge and I still have some of it left, but most of it was all shot out of my over under. So, okay.
0: Yeah, I might not be the best spokesperson for Boss because uh, I bought one box of shells and I shot three birds. Which you hear it all on the podcast. I'm not that great for shots, so it could have just been me. <laughs> and they all landed and ran and didn't get either three of them. And I think I shot five out of that box. And then I just went back to the Winchester Super X. It must have just been a mental thing, being like, I know I could hit birds with these things before. But yeah. <laughs> But like you said, why he says great things about boss? So I was like, I'm gonna try this. Yeah, maybe it's not for me.
1: One thing <laughs> is, is like the, I don't think you can get any faster uh, turnaround though. Holy crap! I know. Like, I ordered boss one night, uh, I ordered uh, three boxes of shells at like ten or eleven o'clock at night. I got off vacation at like 7 a.m. and I already shipped the next day.
2: And then I was here two days later and I was like, holy crap. Yeah.
1: Like, that's some good yeah. service right there.
2: really good service, yeah. I got both my cases fit fairly quick, too. And I think, well, well, I know why it's, well, they
1: cut off the middle, now, They don't go to stores, store, so that's, there's no markup, which is nice. for Really nice. But yeah, I'd say I'm excited to. Uh, hopefully, we'll see if I end up getting a 28 gauge this year or not. We'll see. So I wouldn't mind trying all 28 gauge side by side. Yeah, I think you
2: should
0: get a 28 gauge.
2: I got, I got, I got to get out of the 12 gauge mode. I'm so stuck in a 12 gauge mode, you guys. Um, but I I, I, I am gonna the over and under that I get is definitely gonna be a 20. Um, I'll go down to that. Uh, the 410 and the 28. I might look at the 28, I guess, but it, it's kind of a hard sell for me because I've been shooting a 12-gauge for so long. Right. And I've All had right, so, so that's, success, you know. But,
1: that's what I went through. Was, uh, I've had 12-gauge whole life. I bought a new uh, Benelli not too long ago, a few years ago now, three four years ago. And uh, then I bought the Old last for my birthday last August and took it out. To, I was pretty frustrated with it that weekend in Montana because I was struggling getting used to, like it was, it wasn't like I couldn't hit anything with it. It was just getting like every time I'd pull up and I'd be like, what the hell? Like, safety is <laughs> not in the same spot. And, right. And you get to get yeah. used to it. Right. Yeah. The safety is different. And then I like, guess so I was telling you yesterday when we were on the phone, I had uh beautiful point from rigs and I like the barrel indicator got like stuck. It was like fro- frozen and I, I couldn't get it over to the one side. So I pulled up and it was, it wasn't like it was not on safety. It was off
2: safety, but I couldn't pull any trigger because the barrel indicator was stuck in between. <laughs> and did you said someone did get that bird though, right?
1: Yep. Somebody ended up getting that bird. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but getting into her, the end of our show, we, we have some questions for you, Tim, okay. that we do on all of our podcasts. We're going to start with our first one. What's your favorite bird to hunt?
2: Since I I have to pick one, thank God I don't have to pick one. Um, I'd love the ring pheasant. I have a blast shooting shooting pheasant, so it's just I have a lot of fun with that bird, but. Um, Let's just say I'm glad I don't have to make that choice (laughs) because Sharpies, Huns, Ruffs, Woodcock, I mean, come on. They're all fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. So going on to question two then. What's your favorite dog breed? And it can't be your
2: own. Can't be my own? Nope. So my next dog actually is going to be a Brittany. Um, my dad had a Brittany. I never knew his, I never knew his dog. He had a Brittany named Nellie, but I heard a million stories about this dog and how great this dog was. Right. So I want to get a Brittany for my next dog. Uh, it'll, it'll, it's going to be a while before I get another one. Um, never planned on having three you guys and now i got three and and getting ace and then ace just obviously has to be that dog that's just nuts and shot out of a cannon and and he's i think he's going to be a really good dog but he's putting some gray hair on my head this last year okay (laughs) he's he's he's, uh he's definitely a lot of fun but uh, he's a lot of work too but i love him and but but yeah i it's going to be a while before I get that next dog, but it'll be a Brittany. So, kind of Brittany? Brittany.
0: you thinking like a French Brittany or um, American?
2: What kind of Britneys does um, the Outlander have?
1: I think they're American Britneys.
2: I think it's an American Brittany. Yeah, that—that's what my dad had.
1: So, so I think, think the, the French Britneys are just a little bit smaller. I think so too. Yeah. i'm not sure i'm not an expert on britney's at all i'm Um, not an
2: expert on him but his dogs the the pictures that that um i did see of my dad's dog they look just like that so i'm I'm thinking that's what it was
1: so yeah i think he's got yeah he's got three american so i think like will larson from upland rookie he's got american britneys too correct me if i'm wrong
2: Yeah, I haven't really followed him yet. I got to follow him.
1: But, okay. We just got done talking about guns, but we're going to talk about it again. <laughs> favorite gun you have? There's two parts to this question. And what's your wish list gun?
2: So the favorite gun that I have is a Benelli Montefeltro Automatic. I absolutely love that gun. Um, it It's just... I, Thank God, and knock on wood, I don't miss a lot with that gun. I just love that gun. Um, and then, and over and under, I just haven't really narrowed down which one I want to get yet would be, you know, my wish list gun at this point, point 20 gauge. Well, so I tell you, it is a lot nicer walking
1: around when it's super hot out, Tim, and you're carrying a five and a half pound over under. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine. Uh, say it because I have the same shotgun you do in the twelve gauge. Okay, and uh and it is always not the when you get late in the season. I was like, I think I had, I had some
2: pounds right away. Definitely, my dad uh passed down an Ithaca twelve gauge pump. That one's got it. It, it was one of those feather lights, so yeah. I like that gun too. That's that's one of my favorite guns as well. um I'm actually going to take it out this year. I haven't shot a wild pheasant with that gun. I never, when my dad passed when I was 24, I got that gun. I think I shot a little bit of trap with it, but I've never really shot it. I don't know why, Um, but I'm definitely going to get it out this year. Um, If for nothing else, just for the nostalgia value of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, going on to the next question then, what is your favorite state to hunt?
2: I'm going to have to say North Dakota, love North Dakota. Um, my parents are both from North Dakota. My grandparents are from North Dakota up around that Lemur area uh, over by edgeley And so it, it's just, yeah, just, just memories. I, I I love the memories when, when I'm out in the field, I'm hunting. Um, I'm thinking about my dad. I'm thinking about my brothers and all the times that we've had together, you know, and, and uh, um, I'm actually, from what I heard, I talked to one of my cousins and the farm is still there. My grandma and grandpa's farm is still there in North Dakota. And I'm going to go out and I, I, I guess the um, the house is there. It's the only thing that's left on the property. So I'm going to find the property owner and see if I can hunt that this fall. I think that would be pretty cool. But well, pretty- North Dakota is, is, is my favorite state On home. So you don't want to tell us about that? Let me, not that's not team. where I <laughs> normally hunt, though, you guys. I don't, so just so you know, (laughs) and and come on, you can hunt, you can hunt that whole state, honestly, and and you're going to find birds in pretty much the whole state. In my,
1: some places, better than others, obviously, but that's every Yeah, If
2: you want to, if you want to edit out what I said, you know, you can beep out the, the, the town if you want, (laughs) but.
1: (laughs) All right. So we kind of touched on a little bit, this last question a little bit earlier, but. What's on the horizon for, for you in 2023,
2: 2024 season, Tim? So I don't know if you were here, Mike, when I was talking about it, but uh, I know you guys have been talking, well, maybe you were, I think maybe you were um, going, going out to Idaho for Chuckers. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It's a bucket list bird for me. And um, that, 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 and, and, and any other, you know, places that I normally go North Dakota, I'll hunt Minnesota, South Dakota, um, Montana, for sure. But that Idaho trip, I'm really looking, really looking forward to that. let so say, Michael, I asked him if he wanted to stow away a couple guys. <laughs> you know,
0: that's I'll just, right. I'll, Tim, I'll send you my address and I'll be waiting for the formal invite.
2: That's, hey, that's <laughs> fine. I got to come out, I got to come out 94 anyway, Mike, so I'll just come out and pick you up. Might as well. You got that far. <laughs> I said, if you just want to swing up
1: on 29, I'll tell my wife I'm just leaving for a couple weeks. <laughs>
2: There you go. How about you guys? Are you guys going anywhere different this year? Anywhere like out of what you normally do or anything planned? Talked about Montana again, North Dakota,
1: obviously. uh, Maybe Minnesota, South Dakota. Um, Plan is I want to go to Kansas and hunt quail. And I also wouldn't mind hitting up Wyoming and going actually Sage grouse hunting there.
2: Yeah.
1: I've talked to a few that would guys. Be a good about, option. Talk to a few guys about hunting there. So hopefully we'll see what happens. It all it works out kind of perfectly with uh with the way openers work that I could possibly do it. We'll see how work goes and how busy we are and
2: well, if you guys in Minnesota, hit me up. I'll, I'll put you on some birds. We'll, we'll, well, we'll go and get on some birds. it would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Well, if you're out in North Dakota, just let us know. So, Absolutely. We're usually, usually free on the weekends if you're out on the weekends. Okay. I know, some people that come like to be out during the week because there's no hunting pressure. But,
0: but at the same time, yeah. too, in, I feel like in North Dakota, what I've seen the most is that like, if you go to spots where there's you know, known to be birds, kind of right. There's so much land there that you can't hunt. Yeah, like you're not gonna. You might run into somebody on the road, but I mean, the amount of times I guess I've gone out there, I've rarely, I very rarely just combine those two words. Have uh, actually been to a spot, and been like, oh, somebody else is really here.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. that's my experience too. It it uh, and even if you do, this year I actually went to one of my favorite spots, and there was somebody there. Um, they were from Virginia and New York. I got it for opener. And then the next like two, three days, they were camped out on it. They just, they would, I, I know they were getting into birds cause there was a lot of birds there, but that rarely ever happens. Right. And then there's always, like you say, there's so much, there's so much land to, to go hunt. You can, you, you'll definitely easily find another place to hunt. Yeah,
0: you know, just drive like another mile down the road or something. Usually.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: And so that's like, that's all our, that's on our horizon, I guess. Um, yeah, hit up our normal, our normal stomping grounds now in North Dakota. It's yeah. hard to leave during September, October, November.
2: Well, we're, so, we're actually, we've been contemplating a move, and uh, it, it, we've been really, really thinking about moving to North Dakota. Because if I was you guys, I wouldn't leave either. <laughs> it's just an awesome state for upland hunting, isn't it? It is. Let's the best. Yeah. Well, I say the variety
1: and then uh, the amount of birds. I guess you can't, you can't beat that. I mean, in all those places, Montana's got a lot of variety too. And Montana would be a great place to be an upland bird hunter as well. Yep, yeah. And, and
2: Salt-Dakota is good too. Um, when it comes to... When it comes to pheasants, obviously there there's areas in South Dakota that do they have more birds? Maybe, but is there plenty of birds in North Dakota? Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: I feel like there's less competition
2: in North Dakota as compared to South Dakota, but I am I've one been to South Dakota twice. So well it depends on what time of year you go to South Dakota. Um in the late season like that, you guys you guys hit that well. Um Usually a lot of people really don't care to walk through the snow drifts on the edge of the cattails to to get in at those birds. And mm-hmm. you guys found out if there wasn't a deer trail in there or if there wasn't uh, some open cattails. It was tough, wasn't it, this year? This year especially was bad. Yeah, I'd say when the cat, when he also abruptly
1: ended on a deer trail, it kind of sucked. Yeah, definitely. We're getting in the end of our episode here with Tim Wagman, and we just kind of want to put Tim's socials out there. So, Tim, where
2: can everybody find you on YouTube and Instagram? So on YouTube, you can just look if if you just put in Upland Adventures, I'll I'll come up. But it's Tim Wagman Upland Adventures, and then for uh, Instagram, it's Tim underscore Wagman. Um, underscore upland underscore adventures
1: okay so yeah if anybody listens to this episode and has questions for tim or us and wants to reach out to him, i'm sure tim wouldn't love to talk upland bird hunting with you as do we so i say if people have video questions or youtube questions he'd be the guy to talk to we're not the uh, or no experience, <laughs> no experience. yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, absolutely, Dad. Any kind of questions like that, I'd I'd love to help anybody out that that wants to uh, get into recording videos. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yep, and as always you guys can find us on uh, on the Upland Nomads um, Instagram page, Upland Nomads podcast on Instagram, um, also. Like I said at the beginning, we have the Patreon page. If people want to donate and get access to hunt giveaways, early access to podcasts. Um, I think we're gonna start doing some like Zoom room nights. Um, I think we talked about possibly having people come on and talk about their vests, like or tr- truck setup, or so just those type of things. We just want to we just want to talk to people so as i say we don't we love talking upland birds upland gear dogs of course so just be on the lookout for that and if you guys want to sign up you can if not it's totally fine too we just appreciate all the listens and, and all the support you guys give us so thank you for tuning in to another episode of the upland nomads podcast <laughs>